Welcome to The Lively Show. Let's explore the beauty of being alive. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's show. I am so excited to be checking in with you and doing a Q&A, a good old Q&A. I love these so much. And by the way, in case you're curious or interested, I do do one-on-one sessions. So if you have more than one question to ask, or if you want to move through some energy with me, by all means, you're welcome to do so over at bellalively.com slash talk with Bella. I have now added a shorter one-on-one session, the classic one-on-one session. And this actually came from listener requests. I've been doing some packages one week every week for an entire month, so four sessions all together as another type of package. So in case that feels like a fit, it's been so fun. Some people have been requesting that more and more lately, so I've decided to offer some of those slots for those that are interested. So if you want to go check those out, like I said, go over to bellalively.com slash talk with Bella. Now let's go on to the Q&As you guys have for me. Let's dive into Instagram going back to Daycation Graham, who says, what kind of drink is that? And she's looking at a blue spirulina drink in my stories the other day. I had one of those blue spirulina or blue algae, something like that. It was bright, bright blue. And that is the question to that. That's the answer to that first question. Now we have another one. How do you view the terms inner voice awareness and witness observer? Are they all the same or just different facets of pure consciousness? That's a great question, Guillen. So Guillen asked that. And I would say, how do I view the terms inner voice awareness and witness observer? I would say awareness and the witness slash observer are all different words to me that I would say mean the same thing as pure consciousness itself. So pure consciousness is the witness or the observer or the awareness. Though what's interesting is the experiences I've had of pure consciousness are so all-encompassing that there is no sense of separation whatsoever. And I've only had a handful of those deep and powerful experiences. Many people may also have one or two of those in their own experience backlog of of life as well. Those types of experiences kind of almost, in my experience at least, blocked out everything that could be not anything else than what it is, which is all-encompassing unity, you could say. I was in the physical form in 3D as these moments occurred, and it was fascinating because there was no ability to think or perceive in any way because it was so pure. It was just consciousness experiencing, but not any specific real thing. It's it's wild. It's kind of like a blank out or a blackout or a, all, a white out, whatever you want to say, but it's like kind of all, it's like all, it's, it's hard. This is where... Um, it gets tricky to describe because it's not from a place of separation, which is where the land of the mind lives. So that is there. A lot of wise teachers, historically especially, would talk about the witness or the observer and those being ultimately pure consciousness, witnessing and observing in separation through the human experience or whatever kind of reality that pure consciousness is placing itself into maybe a dream reality, another alien form, another dimension or universe that 
isn't even something I'm aware of potentially, but that would be the pure consciousness experiencing or witnessing as the observer. And awareness itself, I always look as the same thing ultimately as pure consciousness. But I would say pure awareness is that one that doesn't have any sense of separation or uh, differentiation. Now, once you get into regular awareness in our lives, I could be aware of the traffic on the street or the sounds of the construction next door. So you can definitely take awareness and use it to the smaller mental and physical realms as well. But pure, we're usually putting that word in front of consciousness or awareness are, you know, kind of describing that beyond all things essence of what we are. And which is essentially what all the people, the, the enlightened ones are all trying to point to and help people connect with and understand. But it is ultimately impossible for the mind to connect or understand that experience because it's beyond the mind itself. So therein lies the trouble, problem, conundrum, interesting journey, spiritual quest that ensues to go, how do I do, how do I realize the thing that is not what I think I am? That is what I am, but I can't realize it because my mind is trapping me to a different lens of perception. But then to go beyond it and then have it is is a really special experience. So now when it comes to inner voice, though, that's the one term that I wouldn't lump into all of those things. So inner voice to me is the collection of all the wisdom that comes through all of the lifetimes in separation to guide in a sense of separation, but not from a separated sense of self, but from a non-dual clear understanding, unharmed, un, unburdened, untraumatized aspect. So maybe if you ever watched Interstellar, it's a great movie, and they go back in time and help their younger selves to get to where they end up being. It's like a loop a little bit. And I wonder if that's more kind of the way I've become more and more connected to the inner voice being. It's the wisdom of all that we've experienced, but not necessarily from the point of our mind in this moment, knowing what that wisdom is, but going to the the aspect of ourselves that is beyond time and this space and this reality and these limitations that we're living to understand from that part of ourselves that's beyond it all, what to do in this now moment, in this frame of reference, in this time-space reality. So there you have it. Great question, Guillen. It's a really good one. Um, it gives me, you know, vibes of like cocoon and awarefulness and all that good stuff. If you guys ever want me to do some classes and topics on that, I'm more than happy to go back into that realm and that space. It's something that obviously I spent three or four years of my life completely dedicated to um, between 33 and 36. And yeah, it was uh, one interesting journey to get there. And um, now, you know, interesting to live it forward and go, okay, now that you know that, what do you do with 3D reality as well? So love that topic very very, very much. Now we have Amy Johnson photo who said, can you talk about things that have blended over from Bella Vita into this reality? Yeah. So for those that don't know, Bella Vita is my imaginary reality that I have inside of my awareness. It's just, uh, I'm using a lot in past life specialty training, this analogy about Chrome as our soul, and it has many different frames or browser tabs open being parallel lives being, um, you could call them past lives, but they're all playing parallel. They're all playing on different tabs at the same time in browser of Chrome as the soul. Bella Vita is my own tab where I was like, well, if I'm just awareness and I'm just placing my awareness in different 
different lifetimes or different tabs and including, you know, Bella's life or all these past lives that my soul has also had, why not make my own tab that I create just for my own pleasure, my own joy and my own satisfaction and feel all the feelings and create without any limitations in this imaginary reality that I could create just as easily as going into a past life, this life or into a fake worrisome future of this life or a fake stressful past of this life, which is a lot of people, normal, regular people most of the time, day to day, end up thinking and stressing about the future or worrying and stressing or regretting the past. But those are fake browser tabs, just like Bella Vida. They're just more stressful ones based on a perception of future and a perception of past. Why not make a perception of joy? <laughs> That's the frame of reference Bella Vida is for me. So I've talked a lot about it on the show. There's even a whole class and audio series I did that's six or seven weeks long. You can go over to bellalivey.com slash Bella if you want to hear in extreme depth and detail all the ways that you could create your own or how I evolved it in my own. But I've dropped drips and drabs of it all the time in the series of the show and in many, many ways on that little episode, but I don't think I have too many new things to share that you may not already have heard. So I might be repeating myself for some that might be listening, but things that have blended over from Bella Vida, obviously, as you guys might be aware of in Portugal, I gave away all my possessions. So physically all my objects that I owned in the past were all gifted away to those in my life that I cared about so much. So it was really cool. I'm thankful that I had so many people that were so receptive to the things that I had accumulated, the treasures I loved, but I just felt like this huge energy shift and transformation. And so from that point, I came to London in a suitcase and have been, I guess you could say, re- collecting items and elements for my life ever since. And so alongside of that same timeline, I had Bella Vida and I started using Bella Vida and creating it for the joy of it, but then also using it as a decision marker and joy meter, you could say, for what items I would wanna have in this reality also. So a lot of the stuff that I have in my apartment, for example, and flat are things that I would bring over from elements that are existing in Bella Vida. Of course, I have loads of different crystals in Bella Vida. I have um, not exactly the same place. Like my flat here is like maybe one of the rooms of my very large, large Mr. Darcy style mansion that I have in Bella Vida, but I am trying to bring in things like travertine marble. I haven't gotten a coffee table yet. I've been going in the flow very organically and intuitively with my purchasing decisions and time frame of everything that I'm collecting for the space. And one of the things I have in Bella Vida is this beautiful travertine marble on the floors, in the kitchen, and in different spaces throughout the house. So that is something that I wanna have in this space as well. So even things like this flat, as I'm decorating it, I'll take the flat, put it basically, replicate it in Bella Vida and go, what would I do without any limitations? And then assess what I can find that approximates as closely as possible into this reality. Fashion, of course, was easy to do even in the parts before the flat existed in my life, I was able to assess whether I wanted a pair of shoes in Bella Vida. And some things I remember, I have these sneakers that I saw in stores and hadn't purchased, but I always wore them in Bella Vida and had a very specific jean style that I found really joyful. These are all just things I did for joy. Of course, you can tell I love fashion because I'm even in a fake reality with nobody else present except for Frenchie dogs that I own, but I'm still wearing fashion and still loving it and getting so much joy from it. So it's certainly not um, just a mass consciousness thing. It's something that I actually love doing without anyone present to view it. But these shoes, I actually had all the time in the Bella Vida. And there was no issue with it because 
they could, I could have as many shoes as I wanted or change them or wear no shoes or not even have feet in Bella Vita. But I did like having this type of jean and these types of sneakers. And funny enough, even just today of all days, I wore that same style of jean and the sneakers themselves that I used to wear in Bella Vita to go get my hair washed and styled. Like I just did that. I am now living those jeans and those sneakers that I had oh so many walks in in Hyde Park, but the Hyde Park that's in my Bella Vita version. And I love that because in Bella Vita, I have Sydney and London connected, not the city of London or the city of Sydney, but the beaches of Sydney that I love and the coastlines of Australia that I love and Hyde Park, which I love very, very much. The Italian gardens in Hyde Park are the backyard of my giant mansion on the cliffs of Australia in Bella Vita. So those are some of the things that have blended, including the jeans and the sneakers that I wore today. And I don't think I've actually shared those specific details, but yeah, fashion, objects, crystals, um, travertine marble as an object uh, style of, of material that I want to have in this space. Um, what else have blended over from? It's like obviously been a lot of the possessions has been because of the fact that I gave everything away. If I hadn't had that same transformation at the same time, that probably wouldn't have played such an obvious role. But there could be things like maybe you imagine going on a trip to a certain kind of nature or scenario, or maybe you do an activity. Um, I haven't done a ton of traveling because I've been more excited about nesting rather than flying around the world and not being in a nest. So that hasn't been in my wheelhouse so far, but that's something that I could add to it as well. So those are some things in case you like them. I have a whole episode recently about decision-making using Bella Vita. You can go back and scroll back to the topic titles of recent podcast episodes a few weeks ago. I did that one. So you maybe can get some more information if you're curious about um, the whole idea of what to do with your own decision-making and how you can make it blended with your Bella Vita. All right, now we have Ellie Bennett who says, how do you get through the dragon phase? Or how did I get through the dragon phase? Okay, so in those three years, I just kind of loosely referenced about going into the desire to understand pure awareness, which is beyond the mind, but how do you do that? Part of that is the dragon phase or cocoon phase. So you can use any uh, you know analogy that you prefer. But as far as that phase, there was a lot of beanbag releasing, years and years and years of beanbag releasing and belief releasing to go beyond and to stop identifying with all the things that kind of seem to trap the awareness, the pure awareness we are into the mind limitations and mental perceptions. There's nothing wrong with the mind and mental perceptions, but when we get trapped to thinking that is all we are and we forget our our true essence, that is where a lot of things go awry. And so undoing that is almost like kind of like a fly getting stuck in a spider web, all these mental beliefs and limitations and perception holding low vibration things based on uh, you know mass consciousness, historical momentum and law of attraction of consciousness that is pure awareness, forgetting that it's pure awareness and the 3D dense reality. So undoing that is basically kind of like the fly trying to get out of the web of all those things. And that struggle that the fly goes through getting out of the web, even though the web itself is an illusion, which is also trippy, but the fly doesn't know that because the fly just feels all of the you know, sticky bits of the spider web sticking to it. And it perceives the sticky bits in that spider web and itself as real, even though it's not. So it's a bit of a crazy catch 22 to have to untangle yourself from something you think is real, but ultimately isn't only to realize that it wasn't real in the first place. But that is, that is the dragon in the cocoon phase for you if I ever had to explain it. So there you go. There's a lot of releasing going on. I would say, how did I get through it? Gently. I did it gently. So there was about one day a week for those years. And this is obviously my experience. It will not be those that same way for others. But for me, I had about one day a week 
through those three years where I would have a really low day, it'd be a lot of beanbag releasing, and I would just be gentle with myself. I probably wouldn't see people that day. I would probably stay home. I remember this definitely was beanbagging and, and dragon phasing in Australia because I remember many times ordering Guzman and Gomez nachos and eating them in Uber Eats, not even having the energy to leave the space. But I just had those little nachos. They were, you know, I guess in a sense, you hear about that phrase, comfort food. I wasn't binge the nachos, but they definitely were something that did bring me joy, even though I was dealing with billions of beanbags and feeling really exhausted and raw and emotionally unsteady and unstable as I was shedding so much so quickly as my soul was desiring to do. But the thing I could do for my little human body and the little character, I guess a little element of, of joy that I could do, even with all of that releasing, was get myself some nachos that I love so much. So I used to get the Barramundi nachos and eat them. I loved nachos when I was in my 20s in Chicago. And I still, when I can find really good nachos, love nachos. It's just harder to find in London or other places I've lived, like Portugal, forget about it. Never found great nachos, but they have great ones at Guzman and Gomez. So that's what I used to do is eat some nachos, stay home, be gentle, be still. I slept a lot. Um, and that's something I say a lot to people. So if you haven't ever worked with me, then just keep this in mind. If you're going through a phase where you're releasing a ton and you're beanbagging constantly, please, there's very likely a chance that you might need to sleep a lot. And I don't know your everyone's life situation is obviously so different with children and work and everything. But if you have a part of your life right now where you have the capacity to sleep in longer, if your body or mind consciousness is requiring it, please do. This is a spiritual growth spurt, this dragon phase. And just like teenagers and babies that go through growth spurts in those periods, they sleep a lot. And this time often comes with a lot of sleep as well. Sleep is basically your consciousness spending a lot of time in the other realms and the other dimensions as it's integrating and upgrading into this one. So please do not look down on sleep if you have the capacity. I understand many people have little children that wake up in the middle of the night and this would be impossible to potentially sleep as much as they want to. And I'm not saying, you know, that in that case, you need to sleep constantly. But if you have the space where you are able to sleep and your body is asking for it and you are going through a dragon phase, please sleep. I was so thankful and grateful that a woman in our community, oh, so many years ago, said she felt called to do a channeling session for me. And I forget, I think she thought she was channeling some of my own lifetimes or something. And it was a, it was a fun little hour long session she did for me. And for some reason, my intuition felt like saying yes. And this is the gift that I got from that session with her. She said from, I think it was message from me, from some part of me that she was tuning into, she said, I don't know, it was a long time ago, but she said, when you are tired, sleep. <laughs> and she said that to me right as I was going into this dragon phase. And so it was super appropriate and wonderful reminder for me to have received from someone on the outside of myself. Obviously, my inner voice could have said the same, but I heard it through her. I want to be that for you. Also, if this is the message you need to hear, please sleep and don't make any number of hours right or wrong. If you sleep four hours a night for a long time, that's great. If you feel like sleeping eight hours, that's great. If you feel like sleeping six, 12, 13, 11, 10, eight, nine, and if it changes every day, all of it, don't make any of it wrong, make it all of it okay. But especially those longer hours, don't feel guilty, don't feel bad, please, please. It's usually a spiritual growth spurt and is very needed to help it be a smoother, easier transition. Basically, the dragon 
space is hard enough to face all those limitations, release them and face all those beanbags and move all that energy. It takes a lot of energy. Please do not underestimate how much energy is moved as you are releasing those beanbags. It's very tiring, even though it's not a physical thing in the sense of like running a marathon or 20,000 steps. Energetically, it is very tiring. You need to have liquids and water. Definitely. It's so simple, actually, though. It's it's intense, but the, the solutions, you could say, are so simple. Water and sleep are your best friends through that period. And things like, you know, get a candle for yourself that you really love. Buy some Guzman Gomez nachos if that makes you happy. Obviously, not to the point of doing anything that would make you even worse and more imbalanced, right? I wasn't imbalancedly eating nachos. I just liked them a lot. And that was something that was comforting. But I wasn't binging on them to then have another beanbag to have to release about the guilt of the, the nachos. I did enough beanbagging and, uh, you know, drama around food in my younger years over by overeating. This wasn't an overeating. This was just a comfort of trying to make my human body and human mind as, as cozy given the situation it was in as possible. So candles, time alone, um, make a little, I don't know, make a, your space enjoyable, especially if it's calling for you to have a lot of stillness and, and isolation from people for a while. Very natural phases of things to do during dragon phase as well, but make that place cozy and comfortable. Obviously, this is a Libra speaking to you that loves all of those things, but finds them so powerful and important. Make your own little cocoon and your little nest as cozy as possible as you're releasing. You don't have to make this um, a jail or a suffering scenario. You don't have to whip yourself on the back. You don't have to wear a hair shirt. You don't have to do anything that the previous past um, eons of time people were trying to, you know, negate the body and go beyond the body by hurting the body, by by withholding from the body, by cutting themselves kind of off from the body. And actually, especially, I think that was done heavily by a more masculine energy approach to this stuff. And I know that most of this community often has a feminine energy or um, is our females. And so I would just say from a female going through this experience, I realized that there was no need to make the body uncomfortable as I was going through this energetic releasing and upgrade. No need whatsoever. It didn't mean that I had to define myself by my body, but it didn't mean that I had to have an uncomfortable bed. I had to withhold myself from things or that I couldn't have nachos or nice candles. So please keep that in mind. This can be a deep transformative and you can still have a cozy space as you do it. I really do feel yeah, very passionate about that because that's something I had to experience directly through myself. I didn't have anybody to basically really let me know that or any archetypes to look forward to, to say, oh, that's how they did it. No, it was, I'm the only one I know that's gone through it in that beautifully, as beautifully as I could. Uh, but that doesn't change the inside state of, of transformation, which can be quite intense. So um, make the outside as nice as it can be given your current circumstances. Now we have Faith Reed, who said, I love and revisit episode 299 with Kellen Lacer about death and transition and was wondering if you have thought about doing a follow-up episode or if you keep in touch with her. I'd love to know how she's doing. Thank you always. Oh my gosh, Kellen, what a great question about to follow up on dragon period, because I haven't seen Kellen in a while, but Kellen has been a part of our community for many, many years. Um, episode 299 is what she's referring. If you want to go back, I love Kellen. So Kellen did IVFT beta round with me oh so many years ago, and I've done a lot of one-on-ones with her over the years since 2020 as well. I haven't seen her and had a session with her probably for at least a year is my guess. I don't know if Kellen's listening, if she'll know exactly how long it's been, but she is an incredible 
incredible person. She had her husband transitioned, and I think it was about six weeks afterwards. She did the episode 299 with me. She flowed so beautifully through that transition of her husband going from this realm to the other realms and was such an inspiration. And during IVFT, the first beta round, she hit that dragon phase hard because she was so far along. So obviously she had an incredible amount of grace and awareness and inner voice connection and just kind of beautifully flowed through the transition of her partner. But then obviously as that was beautifully created more space for her, she then with her daughter, she still has a daughter that she lives with, but that gave her still more space to go within herself. And so she started doing that dragon phase. I haven't seen her in a while, so I don't know exactly where she's at, but I do know that was something that she had for years after and always love talking with Kellen, such a wonderful human. And it's a great idea to think about having an episode with her. Thank you for the suggestion, Faith. I I might just do that. Let's see. Okay. Now we have Aaron Bellis. He said, question for the episode. Do you have a financial advisor? And if so, did your inner voice pick the person? Thank you, Bella. I do not have a financial advisor. My inner voice is my financial advisor right now. I literally just ask my inner voice now, where, where do you want this money to come from? Like, let's say there's a credit card bill that's big. Okay, inner voice, how much money do you want from this account to go to that account? Inner voice, what do you want this to that, this to that? Like, where where is it? And just do what it says to do. I've gotten over trying to overthink it um, and try to put the stress on my mind to manage everything. I just ask my inner voice and use that as my my financial advisor at the moment. That doesn't mean though that in the future, I couldn't flow into a moment where my inner voice does gift me with a financial advisor and that I'd be working with them. But I haven't had that experience yet. So right now I'm just using my inner voice itself exclusively. So as far as the inner voice picking the person, yeah, I would trust that there would be a flow into a person if there was to be an advisor as a part of my flow and abundance and alignment, that that would flow through synchronicities and kind of basically manifesting them. But at the moment, that's not a part of my, I have a bookkeeper, I have accountants, but I don't have someone that's just a financial advisor exclusively. If you're feeling like you want one though, and it sounds like you might be Aaron, that is something that you could ask your inner voice about. And you could say it in many different ways. Just ask inner voice, do you want me to do anything to find that person? Just ask. If you get the yes, then inner voice, what do you want me to do? If you get a no, then inner voice, if you say no to me finding the person, how do you want the person to come? Ask follow-up questions to the yes or no that you get to that question and then follow. Like, And please remember, this is if I can like drill anything into everyone's heads. I always think about, this is a fun thing I think about, um, you know, like saints, like I don't even know the saints really, but like, you know, how there's, there are saints and there are people that are like kind of uh, identified with certain aspects of, of this reality to be someone, I think, isn't it Michael is like the saint for protection or something. I could be Christopher. I don't know, but, but they're saints and they have like these little sticks that you kind of know about with them. I kind of want to be a saint when I die. <laughs> Not like, oh, I'm holier than thou. Just like, oh yeah, we're just awareness. But I want to be a saint. I want to be the saint of intuition. I don't know that there is one of those. I've never heard of one if there is, but I want to be, and I don't need the word saint to be special or anything. I'm just saying, I don't want to be a non-physical entity on the other side, still rooting for the humans and those that are consciousness in this side that don't yet connect or don't yet fully have that connection to their inner voice, basically. I want to be the saint of the inner voice. I want to be that that person that lives, that you remember when they're gone, that you then channel and connect to, and not pray to me, but connect inner voice with me. And I'm going to remind you to go back into your own inner voice and intuition. I want that kind of experience. I think it'd just be fun. It's just a joke, but 
I still like playfully love that idea. Yeah, I want to be like the hotline for inner voice <laughs> on the other side. So when I die, I'll still have like a hotline for you guys. And you can just, instead of listening to the podcast episodes, you could just tune in inside yourself, but I'm just going to then redirect you into yourself. And in that message, the whole point of this is, I would say if I can like leave any lasting reminder, please remember to ask 10 more follow-up questions if you get confused by what you heard your inner voice say. This is, I think, one of the number one beginner rookie mistake. It's not a mistake. It's just uh, limitations that rookies and beginners put on themselves with their inner voices. I got a no. And so I didn't know what to do. And it's like, well, the no, why inner voice? Why not find somebody as a financial advisor? Get the answer to that. Inner voice, if it just says, wait, inner voice, like you just want me, are you going to bring it to me? Yes. Okay. Inner voice, how are you going to bring the person to me? It'll be clear. How will I know it's clear? You'll know. People hate hearing that when their inner voice says, you'll know. And what I do now when people get the word, you know, I found a way to help the humans on this one is like, okay, inner voice, give them a feeling of what knowing feels like or has felt like in the past so that they have that feeling inside themselves to connect to as they're going into it. Please give them that feeling. And then they can at least feel the feeling of knowing, even if the knowing isn't about which financial person at the moment, they'll know eventually what it will feel like. And then they can let go and just live in their life until that knowing presents itself. And then they have their financial advisor. Okay, now we have Nicole Neves who said, would love to hear how your London flat flowed. I know guys, I have a flat in London and I haven't talked about it yet. When I do the episode about it, you will understand why I haven't done the episode yet. I'm waiting for more details to flow into place before I do the episode with all of the details. So I am saving for that, but it'll make sense, I can say, when that episode happens. Of course, I thought it would happen weeks and weeks ago, but the flow of the details haven't all flowed in yet. So I just want to keep waiting for that personally, but it'll make sense. Like I said, when I tell you, but I will say I did not expect to flow into the flat at the time that I did. It was incredibly synchronistic and I'm excited to share all the synchronicities that flowed for it. It really is such a joy and a life-changing experience for me to have right now. And it really, really feels so great. Those are all the things I can say right now. Anything else, I want to wait until the other details are present before going further into all the nitty gritties. Okay, now we have Jen Lowe who said, favorite indie jewelers, please, unless you've already mentioned this. I don't remember. I've decided to get into rings and interested in where you're finding jewelry. Oh, okay. So the favorite place for me to find designers is in really well curated jewelry stores that are I'm thinking of two specifically. One is in Edinburgh, and I think it's called Etla, Etla, Etna, Etla, Etla, something like that, something like that in Scotland, in Edinburgh. Adorable, adorable, super beautiful indie designers that are outrageous. I'm wearing some rings that I got from that store today from a Latvian designer. I forget her name, but she's from Latvia. She has little cloud rings, and they're actually part of my manifesting, going back to that question about Bella Vida and things manifesting from Bella Vida into this reality. I have prisons of rainbows in Bella Vida on the clouds and in the sky all over the place. My Frenchies and a flock of little puppies running around my Hyde Park 
go find prisms that like from the sky landing into the ground, like rainbows on the ground. And they go bark in the park when they find them, kind of like a treasure hunt. (laughs) Anyways, I also have lots and lots of prisms in the sky, in the clouds. And I was in this jewelry store last year with my friend Eileen. And I found these diamond rings that have the shapes of clouds. And I was like, oh my gosh, because of the sparkle of the diamonds making that prism color effect of the rainbows, that's like the prisms in the clouds in my rings from Bella Vida. So that was one of the things that manifested from a more abstract element in Bella Vida into a concrete item of a ring or two in this space. I also, oh, you know what? Here's a Michigan one. Here's a US designer too. Here's another place I go to find jewelry. And I love this. This is called Thistle and Bess. Thistle and Bess is my dear, dear, dear friend, Diana Marsh's store in Ann Arbor, Michigan. She has an amazing eclectic taste in jewelry. Very kind of like indie New York because she used to live there for many years, but she's a Michigander by birth and by heart. And she now has a store in Ann Arbor, Michigan. She has an online shop as well. So her designers she curates are also in the US really just as a US um, easy to order from kind of option and a friend, a dear, dear, just lovely person. I have a few rings. Actually, if you guys noticed on Instagram a few weeks ago, one of our community members was like, I have a feeling my inner voice said I was going to marry myself and I needed a ring to do it. And she said her feeling was that I was going to supply the ring of what she was. She was going to marry herself and she was going to get the ring from me. And I said, interesting. I didn't at the time feel like giving her the rings that I had because they all felt very aligned to still being in my life. But I did know, and this is interesting, they were pieces. These rings were obviously 14 karat gold, with semi-precious stones and little diamonds. They're teeny delicate little things, but I was like, oh, I know that they're part of my Jess life. So when I say I gave everything away in Portugal, I did, but these little rings had still been sticking around. And so I was waiting and waiting. And then when I went back to Michigan in October, I got some of my rings from the past, um, some grandmother rings that were more heirloom style. And then I also have my new rings I've bought since I moved or left Portugal. And I was like, you know, when I got all these rings, I was like, there's there's a thing like I had not too many rings. There's not like I have a limitation on how many rings I could have, but I can sense alignment is alignment and not as not alignment's not alignment. So once I got and reclaimed, I guess my grandmother heirloom rings and had these new ones I'd purchased, I just realized that that when those came into my life, the other ones were ready to leave my life. So the ones from the Jess era of travel years, that's when it was time to leave them. It wasn't like I had to live without the rings. I just didn't need too many more than were going to bring me joy. And I didn't need to get rid of the other ones or sell them or anything too soon. So once I had the new ones, I was ready to let the other ones go. And so she took one of those, the person that had asked, and then she told a friend in the community. And then without me even knowing about it, I get a message from the friend saying, hey, I also want this other one because I had showed the four rings that I was open to selling to the first person. And she showed the rings to her friends. And then this other person wanted one of the other three rings. So she sends me a message saying, I'd like to buy this one. And then I was like, oh my gosh, here they are. They're selling themselves at this point. So I posted about the final two and they were sold as well to people in the community. I love, by the way, investing in obviously beautiful. My inner voice loves, especially since giving everything away in Portugal, I noticed my inner voice's alignment is to having very high quality items. And I asked my inner voice about this because a lot of it is super investment level pieces, whether it's jewelry and jewelry I've invested in for years. Obviously I was a jewelry designer for 14 years. So I understand jewelry and the quality of the materials because I've done it since I was 15 years old. And I love having a very curated collection of jewelry. I don't have a lot of jewelry and I don't like the 
wear and tear and the costume jewelry or pieces that aren't actually 14 karat gold. I don't love the decay that they have, the quality of them. So I usually do invest in my jewelry and have for the majority of my life once I could afford to. Um, I just very rarely ever change them. I don't have a lot, but I have, I rewear everything for years and years and years. So cost per wear goes really down, but the quality lasts for so long. But then as I was buying the, even things like bags, shoes, clothing, everything basically at this point in my life, um, I always wanted all this beautiful quality. And what I've found about that is that a lot of these pieces that are quality, like I love handbags. I also designed handbags. It's a fun story. I designed handbags back in my jewelry days too. And to be honest, I love designing the handbags even more than I love jewelry. I just did jewelry by accident first, but my actual personal favorite things would probably be interior design is my favorite design element of this reality. Number one, interiors. And then number Number two is bags. When it comes to fashion, my favorite thing about fashion is bags. Um, most recently, I've understood and gotten into the understanding of what great quality shoes are like and to have great quality shoes and invest in those. Those are things previously I didn't invest in until after Portugal so much. And I've really seen the quality and the long lastingness and the feeling and the design and the fit and just all the things. So these are things that I've slowly exposed myself to. But my inner voice said, it's not about the logos or the brand names or any of that stuff. My inner voice said, that's all based on who's available or alive right now in your reality. If I was in the 1800s, I wouldn't have a lot of these things that I have because they wouldn't have been available. But my inner voice still would have led me at the 1800s to quality things in the 1800s. But I have found as I've lived those quality things now, uh, the, the, the things like bags or those beautiful semi-precious jewelry and precious jewelry, like they have resale value because their quality is so enduring. There's so many more years of beautiful wear and investment in them. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like a circular economy of me because as I invest in that and then I use it and then I sell it on to the next person to enjoy it, I get that money back and then I get to get new things to support me in my new alignment of energy. And it just is this beautiful I just love it so much because I happen with the community now. I know all my little rings are having new adventures with all of you, four of the women that have them and are being enjoyed and living out new kind of sisterhood of the traveling pants almost like now that, you know, you guys might be going through the dragon phase or through IVFT or something like that and going into your inner voice. And now you have a little piece of what that was like for me also. It's energetically so beautiful. And as you guys know, I love crystals so much. And I feel like a lot of these are gems or crystals that you're wearing. So they're continuing to to have the good vibes of all the, the wisdom and the compassion on the journey that we're all on. And the handbags too. I also happen to, this is a fun fact. I, I, I love handbags, as I mentioned, but I only like alignment is alignment and not alignment's not alignment. So when it's not in alignment and I can tell because so I can feel it in my body when something's not bringing me enough joy to still be in my life right now. Actually, I have a bag right now that's kind of on that precipice. I'm not wearing it as much as would bring me joy to wear because I it just, what is it? It's kind of a, I don't know. It's just something about, it. I'm not getting the use out of it that I feel like it deserves to have to be an aligning thing in my life. And so because I'm not wearing it that often and I don't feel like wearing it more often personally, even though I have worn it a lot and a lot. And actually funny enough, it's one of those very few remaining pieces that I did have still from Portugal. So I actually wonder if it's just some of these more investment items are slower to leave my life. Some of them left already, but this one's still there and it's probably going to be finding a new home owner soon. But I'd love that those pieces like this bag or the other, sorry, other bags that I've had 
oh, I know who has them all. Like I haven't sold them to a stranger so far. I mean, one of them is our community member, but other than that, it's like friends in Portugal, um, our foundation director bought one of them, which was so cute um, for her life. So I just love knowing these purses and rings have that meant so much to me um, energetically and for beauty and joy and alignment are now having joyful lives with the people in the community. It feels so special. Um, obviously that's just conditional to the fact that I have this community. I wouldn't have that chance otherwise, but I love that. It just feels so good. Okay. Now we have Emily Grifford who said, I'm planning to go traveling next year and I'm excited to allow it to flow as much as I can. Any advice on how to navigate an onward or return ticket for visa entry requirements when you don't want to make any long-term plans? I'm curious if this has been an obstacle for you and there are any tips around this. Thank you. Yeah, this is really tactical tips. Yes, I have been in that situation. I often do not buy an onward ticket if I don't think the country is going to ask for one. I have been at the border in London, I think like probably 2018, 2017, and they did stop me back when there was people stamping your passports. And they asked when I was leaving and I said, I didn't know yet. And they said, they were like kind of stiff about it. And they're like, go buy a ticket in the next 24 hours. So I did, I went and bought a ticket in the next 24 hours. I wasn't doing anything wrong, obviously, but I did go buy the ticket. Um, when I go to Australia, I like to buy a ticket out. Um, so I would look for either a refundable ticket or a very cheap ticket. So I've definitely purchased tickets that I've never used to have that kind of inward outward thing to put on the little flight cards or in case asked, but otherwise I don't. If I don't think the country is going to ask or need it, then I don't put it on there. I don't buy one. If I do think it's necessary, I will. And once I didn't have it and I was asked, so I purchased. That's kind of, I would say it's situational. But then, yeah, I just buy cheaper refundable ones if I'm going to need to work on that kind of entry situation. Now we have Marie Kohler who said, thank you, wonderful, <laughs> sending you so much love and, and joy. Aw, that's so cute. All right, now we have Amy Laffner who said, I just have to tell you I've fallen down the rabbit hole of Bella Vita. Feels like a big part of what's to come in 2024. Oh, that's so cool, Amy. I love that you're enjoying it. It is so fun. I have to say it's the gift that keeps giving to me at least. And I'm just so thankful that I have been able to experience it for myself and share it with you in case it brings you joy also. Now we have Alexis Bledshaw who said, I don't know how I magically have Empowered in my Circle app and don't remember purchasing it or anything. So I'm taking it as a defying gift and a thank you. But regardless, I wanted to thank you deeply. Your dedication to yourself and everything that you do and everything you are inspires me and has changed my life tremendously. I cannot thank you enough for wanting to not only do the best life for you, but for others too. You feel like an earth angel to me and I can't thank you enough. This class is life changing. And thank you to everyone in the hot seat because it's opened up so much and I've been bagged right along with them. Oh, Alexis, that's so cute. You know that I'm wondering if you have the class empowered because that was a gift with purchase for another class. I forget which one it was earlier in the year, but I'm wondering if that's might be how you have it. Either way, empowered. If you're curious and like, what class is she talking about? That class is the class we taught earlier this year. It's one of my favorites we've done this year and it's called empowered and it's about going beyond your transcending the victim stories. So this was a huge theme for me earlier in the year and a lot of other people at the same time were going through it too with their inner voices and awareness. It is about going beyond victim and victimizer stories. In this reality, people often will feel like they are being victimized by people outside of themselves, whether individuals like their family members, friends, 
or the mass consciousness or governments or systems at large. And they'll also feel eventually like a victimizer in some cases as well. It swings both ways as a pendulum and getting free of that pendulum and empowered and and dropping that story. I just was chatting with a friend for a few hours yesterday and she has a huge victim story up for her about her uh partner that she's dating. And so that victim story doesn't always have to be a abuse scenario. There was nothing abusive about this partner she was with, but she was feeling the victim story, even though it wasn't true. And so we were help. I was helping her do the same thing that we do in the class, but that class was super powerful. And to see that many people were taking on the self personal responsibility and awareness to recognize that only the individual can take away the victim story inside of themselves. And then that they wanted to do that and elect to release and clear and get into that level of clarity. You know, it's not a sexy topic by any means. Obviously, physical beauty, like body or abundance classes are easy, you know, things to sign up for. But to take a class to get rid of your victim story, (laughs) like that is really next level in a sense of um, it takes a lot of awareness to know that you'd even want to get out of that or have it in the first place. So Alexis, I love that you've enjoyed it so much. It is life-changing to drop the victim story. It's so, I can't, tremendously liberating because the victim story can only be removed from our insides, from ourselves. And so when we are, it's like getting out of that tangled web that I mentioned earlier. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now we have Erica who said, I love your episodes with Jess. I feel like I'm listening to my bestie and I chat. I laugh right along with you ladies. Also, I really resonate with Jess on the whole social media conversation. I also have a business and have great opportunities to boost on social media, but I truly can't get myself to do it. For myself, I realize maybe it's just not in my talents and I should hire out. But I think it would be great episode to do with you and Jess. You could do an inner voice session around the topic of social media or being the face of the business. I wonder if she likes taking pictures because I feel the same way around being on the face of the business cringe. Yes. Okay. So I know just like she's my sister. So I could say, yes, she does not like taking photos of herself. So she's just like what you're feeling. And I don't know if she'd be up for doing an inner voice session. She's been, I think we talked about in this first episode that she had with us. She's kind of put her inner voice on hiatus for a while, although she had a nice little breakthrough recently with it, but she's been kind of not going into that. She'll beanbag with me, but she's, when I get her to do her inner voice, she's always like, (laughs) so I don't know if she'll want to do a full session on the show for that kind of topic. But I love that you guys love Jess. I love sharing her with you guys. And I just, she's just such a beautiful person uh, that I care about so deeply, but also is not me. Like we have, obviously we love design and we love beauty and we love laughing together. And we're both from Michigan. And so we have lots of things in common, but we're still not the same person, right? And so she definitely has a different experience and perspective to share with you guys on the show as well, what she's going through, what she's desiring, where she's at. You know, she doesn't believe in the past lives. I wouldn't say she like rejects mine at all, but you know, she's not even sure she's she's on that page at all. Uh, but she's just a dear person. And I'm so glad you guys are enjoying her episodes. There's a recent one that just aired that she's probably referencing. So I hope you guys like that. And um, I also probably will have her on more. I want to get her a headset so that her audio sounds uh, a little bit better, kind of like the girls from Beauty of Life did. Um, so we can do more fun laughing and chatting and sharing on the show. Now we have Emily Hardy Photography who said, random question you can totally ignore. My Bella Vita home is totally different than my current physical home. Bella Vita is on a cliff 
Oceanside in Scotland, and I live in a mid-century home in suburban Midwest. How do you marry those two to start creating Bella Vita in real life? I've started listening to the Evergreen course twice now. Uh, do I need to create another Bella Vita home that's mid-century, a design I also love? Well, this is great. You get to decide, Emily, exactly what you want. I'll just give you some ideas that come to my mind spontaneously. So one thing I could see you doing is either, yeah, doubling up. So I obviously have a giant Mr. Darcy in the in the the BBC Pride and Prejudice mini series level. It's like a national historical site. <laughs> it's huge because I have a whole planet and I only have one house on it. And so I might as well have it as big as I want because it's free. There's just my imagination. That's my only limitation. So it's massive, massive. And I only use a few rooms in it. Doesn't matter. It's still a big place because I like the beauty of its grandeur. But then I also sometimes will take this little 54 square meter uh, apartment, one bedroom that I have in London in physical life, and I'll put it into Bella Vida and I'll imagine what I would do with it. So you could do that. You could do like a copy of your mid-century house and pull it in and then make assessments of what you would do to your mid-century Bella Vida home there and then make choices for your house. Or you could take elements that you have in your big Scotland uh, cliff house and bring pieces like stone or obviously I have a lot of stone in mind. That's why I referenced the travertine. I have this beautiful blue green stone. I'm hoping I can find in this reality to put into my nightstands actually in this reality, but I'm still in the flow of that. Haven't flowed into it, but that is actually the countertops for my kitchen in Bella Vida. So I'm, even though it's in my kitchen in Bella Vida and I want it in my nightstands in real life here, that is something that I want to blend. So it's not a direct replication of my Bella Vida house, but it's an interpretation of my Bella Vida house into my 3D reality that makes sense for where I'm at right now. So you can make those assessments. Like I mentioned this in the other episode around decision-making. I don't wear black in Bella Vida basically at all, but I, I usually wearing jeans and a white t-shirt of some kind. That's usually what I'm wearing. and Or sparkly dresses that are outrageously magical. That's kind of, it's like high, low is where I go when I'm in Bella Vida. But here I have a different sense of style, but I still make assessments of what I would purchase if I was in Bella Vida. And I have black because London is dirty, especially in the rain and the slush. So I don't like my bright whites getting dirty in this 3D reality of, of, of wetness. So I have a lot of black and I have a lot of neutrals because I find them very pretty for this reality. But I still assess whether I'd purchase it from a Bella Vita perspective. And that does help me, even though I wouldn't wear it in Bella Vita, it's like my wardrobe for earth in Bella Vita. And I make those choices. So you can either interpret your Scottish cliff house into like colors, like I said, like my kitchen being my nightstands, you could have your the colors of the sky be your curtains in your daughter's bedroom. You know, like you could kind of make those different associations from one to the other. Or you can just like do both a mixture of like copy paste your current house and then figure out what you would do with it in Bella Vida. And that that will be a more easy, potentially easy, depending on what how magical you make it. If you have like fairies flying around and you have, I don't know, 75 Frenchies like I do, that that might be harder to actually have 75 Frenchies and take care of them all here. So those little elements might not be a direct interpretation, but you might just put the certain type of sofa in your Bella Vida mid-century that you can have here also. And there you have it. Thank you so much for all of your questions. I love them so, so, so much. And I love you so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful day. And until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs> 